0: Hi there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Well, Ron, the festive season is just around the corner. And I know that you had a tradition when you used to do your your Sunday morning talk shows, which you did for, well, a couple of decades, three decades, I guess it That's was. Right. That you had a lot of people, uh, you were and you're continuing this tradition here. That's what this, this show is all about, is trying to educate people about investing and about finance. But you used to do a little feature leading up to Christmas about stocking stuffers. And we had a question from Tim. He used to do a show where you would present a reading list for financial books.
1: Can you still do this? Well, Tim, your wish is our command. <laughs> totally. So what I've done, and I'm a voracious reader of financial books. So usually what I do each year is I take the best books that I've re- read in the last 12 months and I put them... It's in a list and I give you a little bit of an explanation of what each book does. So if you're looking for a particular type of book, I try, I try to fill in the gaps and not just give you a title, give you a little bit of meat behind the book. And this year I also will throw in some podcasts. So if you're financially hungry, there's lots of stuff out there, but much of the stuff is very, very promotional and uh, frankly doesn't have a track record, and many of the people doing these podcasts, uh, some of the advice is atrocious. So I listen to four or five podcasts every week that I find that people give very good information to help you understand the sort of fog or cloud that we're finding in these markets right now. So I'm going to include some of those as well. So we got a good show for you today.
0: And I think, is it fair to say, Ron, that a lot in the last decade, let's say, just as an example, we've had the advent of things like ETFs, we've, we've had podcasts come along. There's, there's so much more information out there now that people have to learn to digest and to understand. Is that fair to say? Exactly,
1: and, and let me just give you an example from our list in 2000 to 2003 2004 tech stocks had become so wasted they were virtually toxic ground it was like going to hiroshima after the war nobody wanted to touch these things but all of a sudden they started to get traction and now you've got in the trillion dollar club you've got companies like apple google google facebook Amazon and, you know, Facebook is coming along. So you've got many of these really, really big names, Microsoft, that you have to know how to invest in. And a book is written by a guy by the name of Peter Thiel. And he's a big celebrity in Silicon Valley. He's written a book called Zero to One. And tech stocks are a start a little different than most companies do. Typically, they run for loss, they run losses for years before they start turning a profit. And typically what happens, like in Amazon's case. They, they didn't
0: make money forever, it They seemed. didn't make
1: money forever, but they drove all the, comp- they starved all the competition out. Yeah. Then because there was no competition, they could, they could start raising their prices. So you see many of these um, companies that are in that space, that's the strategy is lose money for years, starve the competition out, then start making money. Well, unless you understand that, it's tough to invest in the tech space, plus the fact that you gotta know which companies are, are going to turn the corner and which are just gonna starve themselves to death and run out of money, you know? Like we had WeWorks here, which just came out. It had a $50 billion valuation back in, say, August. They pulled the new issue, and today they're talking that it could go bankrupt. So you've got to be very, very careful with these things. And so Zero to One is the book that everyone goes to if they want to understand how to invest in the tech sector. So that is one choice that we have on our list that's just an example of things that we wouldn't have been talking about a decade ago. And I'm suggesting
0: that Zero to One probably is the digital platform that he's referring to there. That's a very clever title.
1: Yes, and unless you know what you're doing, it's very easy for it to go from one to zero.
0: zero. <laughs> That's right, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what's another one we want to look at?
0: Muscular Portfolios
1: by Brian Livingston. Now, this book is a good primer on how to use ETFs effectively, exchange-traded funds. So if you want just good investment strategy, he spends a, a significant part of the book just talking about what works and what doesn't when it comes to investment strategy, and then he takes different types of ETF portfolios, and essentially what he does, and I'll give you an example, he's got one called the Mama Bear Portfolio. It's nine different ETFs across different sectors. There's a gold ETF. There's a couple bond ETFs. There's a U.S. stock, an international stock, a REIT ETF. And what he does is every month he looks at them and tracks their performance over the last 106 days. And every month you look at the top three and that's what you invest in. And so if you look at the long-term performance that he's tracked over the last 40, 50 years of this strategy, it's worked reasonably well. And the nice thing about it is that uh, according to the, the numbers he's got in his book, the worst year he's had for the mama bear portfolio is like minus 15%. When you consider that we've had two market corrections this millennium of 50% and 56%, or I mean 49 and 56. Well, this shows you how to get into ETFs. It's a good ETF strategy. That has fairly low risk attached to it so here again is just another story where etfs were hardly on anybody's radar even a decade ago exactly yeah okay so that's
0: muscular portfolios by brian livingston the myth of capitalism by jonathan tepper the myth of
1: capitalism <laughs> now everybody thinks that the united states is the bastion of capitalism and that warren buffett is... The ultimate capitalist. The ultimate capitalist. But what Jonathan Tepper says is Warren Buffett isn't actually the ultimate capitalist because he doesn't tend to invest in areas where there's a lot of competition. He likes industries where basically basically, there's monopolists. Companies where there's one or two companies that are comfortable in the sector and they squeeze everybody else and they can kind of control the prices. A good example is... Pepsi and Coca-Cola. He's been a long-term holder of Coca-Cola. The banking sector is another really good example. You know, in Canada, we've got the big five banks, and we've got a few smaller players, but there isn't a lot of competition. In the U.S., we've got basically four defense stocks. That's about it. Squeezed everybody else out. Internationally, we've got two airline stocks. And if you want to go further, we did a show here about four or five weeks ago on monopolies. Right. So what has happened in the United States is you've got more and more sectors that are controlled by three or four companies. And so what Jonathan Tepper is saying that really, capitalism has been squeezed out because the U.S. government and a lot of other governments as well just haven't been aggressive enough breaking these companies up like Google and monopolizes the search space. Facebook monopolizes social media. Amazon monopolizes online online. retail. Exactly. So what he's saying is that in the last decade We've seen more and more of the big guys squeeze out more and more of the little guys, and it's become less capitalistic and more monopolistic. Yeah, more monopolistic. So, uh, this is a good book to read because if you're investing, you have to underlie, understand. I think you know in the media the backstory. The backstory, yeah, absolutely. In the back story is what's going on behind the scenes? So, one of the reasons Warren Buffett's been so successful is. He focuses on areas where there isn't a lot of capitalism, there isn't a lot of competition, and that's how he makes his money. And frankly, it's probably a good theme to follow, and you get a good idea because he spends some time talking about Warren Buffett in the book, and he'll spend a lot of time talking about how government action needs to take place to reduce these monopolies, but that's beside the point. It gives you the backstory. Okay, good one. That's The Myth of Capitalism by Jonathan Tepper tax guide for investment advisors by michael tadari now this one i recommend because for many individuals they just don't understand tax it's like going to egypt and try to read hieroglyphics
0: yeah the tax act is very complex that's why we have accountants
1: that's why we have accountants but In order for you to have an effective portfolio, you need to understand some of the basics. Now, what I like about the tax guide for investment advisors, it focuses not on the esoteric big business side, like many of these tomes on tax strategy do, but I have a copy of this on the corner of my desk because it's got a, a very, very good index at the front. So you can flip and you can find out what you want. Like if you want to know how much, Um, you can put into an RSP each year or or tax-free savings account, or or how much was you could go back and contribute all that stuff's there. You know, if you want to know how the dividend tax credit works, it explains it in simple language. If you have a rental property and you sell it, how does that work? You know, so it's, it's a pretty good sized book, but it explains a lot of the tax information in plain English and it's because advice, investment advisors use it. It's uh, it's easy to open it up, look at the index and get an idea of, of how to solve your own problem, find your problem. And it gives you some fairly concise explanations on what this stuff means. And, and how some strategies of how it can work for you. So I like this a lot.
0: Instead of speaking in tongues, which is basically what most of us think when we talk about the tax exactly. ramifications. Okay, let's move on to A Guide to Investing in Gold and
1: Silver by Michael Maloney. Well, a lot of people have become concerned about the seeming disregard for, for solid fiscal re- strategy and fiscal discipline And we're not talking just about United States and uh, Canada and Europe. It's worldwide. Worldwide, everybody is just throwing fiscal responsibility out the door. And because of that, gold has been looked at as a safe place to park some money. In the last year or so, we've seen gold go from around $1,000 to around $1,500 an ounce. And so gold has become one of those places where investors are not putting their entire portfolios there, but they're looking at it as like buying an insurance policy. And we've mentioned the purpose of gold in a portfolio on previous shows, so I'm not going to beat that to death. But if you want to know how to invest in gold, and these guys, they'll talk about uh, gold strategy, gold history, the different options you have available, ETFs, mutual funds, bullions, coins, how each of them works, how you play them. So it's just a very good investment primer if you want to add Precious metals to your to your portfolio. Totally okay. Let's move on. The Definitive Drucker
0: by Elizabeth
1: Edersheim. Now this book I found in a used bookstore. It's about I think it was published in 2007. But Peter Drucker is probably the best thinker on business management there has ever been. I went and looked at his bibliography, and he's published. Forty-three books, forty-four, something like that. Anyways, and he's been publishing them since 1937 was his first book. He died here, I think, 2006. He was 95, but he was still the guru. People from Procter and Gamble and GE would fly in and spend time with him, talking about um, how to guide their companies and the forces that were uh, they had to navigate through because the world's changed, and of course. People now think, well, how, what would a 95 year old know about invest, about portf- not portfolio, but company management? The answer is a lot. He's considered the foremost thinker on that subject, and he was always thinking 20, 30 years down the road. So if you have a business, and especially if you have a business where you have to be very, very sensitive to the needs of your customer you want to read this book. And like I say, because he's published so many books, this is kind of the definitive Drucker is just his best concepts over his 95 year lifespan. It sort of condenses them into one book, but I've read Drucker's stuff since I started university back in the seventies. And I've got a bunch of books that I've read that are his, but for most people that's too daunting a task. This is just a good way to get some Almost a
0: condensation, if you will? Yeah, a good yeah.
1: condensation of his best thoughts. And if you're in management, it's probably a must-read.
0: Might be a little difficult to find. Again, The Definitive Drucker by Elizabeth Edersheim. Check your used bookstores for that one. Collapse, How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed by Jared
1: Diamond. Boy, does that sound timely. Yes, and Jared Diamond is a Pulitzer Prize winner. He, he writes uh, very, very succinctly. He looks at societies going back for the last couple of thousand years. And so he's got historical examples. He's got modern examples of some societies that have been able to adapt and some societies, frankly, that haven't. A good example would be Easter Island. At one point, there was 30,000 people on that island. Well, they cut down all the trees, the water all uh, erosion, took out all the soil. Now there's about 1,000 people on Easter Island. You know, those big statues that, right, yeah. that you see. And it was a very, very advanced culture. But then you go to a place, a modern example is Japan. It hasn't destroyed their environment. They've done a very, very good job over the last couple of hundred years with some very enlightened strategy on controlling their forests, keeping erosion from happening. So this book is just a really good idea to read because it gives you, puts in conceptual form, if you're looking at a country to invest in, is this com- country, does it have the legs, does it have the foresight to, to uh, go upward or is it destroying itself? And so typically when I invest, as we talked about before, Gord, I like to know the backstory. Yeah. And this book gives you a good idea. It gives you sort of a checklist to go down. Is this an economy I want to have some money in or not? Okay. Another
0: one on the list, The, Millionaire, the Next Millionaire Next Door, Enduring Strategies
1: for Building Wealth by Thomas Stanley. Now, I've recommended The Millionaire Next Door, and he's published a couple of other books. And here's a guy that did his PhD on how do millionaires become millionaires and what's their lifestyle. And of course we watch on TV, the executive draining a putt, picking up the phone, closing a hundred million dollar deal. Moving on to
0: the next tee. Yeah. And then (laughs) moving
1: on to the next tee and then, then getting someone to take his clubs and putting (laughs) them in the clubhouse. And he gets in his, uh, 1.7 million dollar Pagini and drives off into the sunset. Well, and that's what kids swallow all the time. And they've got a very unrealistic sense of how people actually make money. Well, A Millionaire Next Door was, it revealed that the average millionaire kind of looks like you and me, drives a 12 or 13 year old vehicle, dresses very modestly, isn't outlandish, doesn't have an outlandish lifestyle of any sort. So this is the kind of book you want to give to your kids. You know, maybe give it to them as a Christmas present where uh, the bonus is if they read it, uh, maybe then you'll give them their real present. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But, but, you know, there's virtually a complete lack of, of any kind of financial savvy among youth. And they're so unrealistic in their expectations. And this book tells you, well, yeah, this is how what you see on TV, but this is what happens in the real world. This is how real people do it. It's uh, it's it's a good primer on how to how to actually make money.
0: Okay, the last one on the list here, I, and this is very near and dear to my heart for I've mentioned this in previous episodes for a time, I was a shareholder in Mr. Buffett's company, the B shares, I might point out. But I used to look forward to every year when the annual general meeting would be coming out, he would send out the, the annual report, and in that annual report was his letter to shareholders. and you would, Get inside the mind, if you will, of Warren Buffett.
1: Yes, Warren Buffett, his uh, shareholders' letters, would literally tell you what he was thinking, how he was analyzing not only companies, but politics, economics, and put it all together into a package.
0: It was often quite humorous, too.
1: Yeah, and some of, some of his newsletters are absolutely hilarious you want to understand how one of the greatest minds that has existed in the last hundred years has invest money. Then this book, essentially what it does is goes back and takes his newsletters back and it goes back into the 60s, his shareholder letters. It put some packages them in one place. I mean, if you're really creative, you can go to Warren Buffett's site and probably read through them all individually. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's got a site on his on his uh, he's on at the the Berkshire uh, site. So he's got a link to all his past uh, shareholder letters. But if you want a book in one place, uh, this Berkshire Hathaway letters to shareholders is frankly, the definitive one of the definitive sources if you want to learn how to invest like the smart guys.
0: Okay, there you go. All right, let's move on very quickly here because we're getting a little long in the tooth here
1: about some of the podcasts that you really enjoy, Ron. Well, if you look at the economy, a lot of people scratch their head and say, how does all this work? How does everybody seem to know what everybody else is doing and find their little place in all this? And the wheels just seem to keep turning and turning and turning. Most people are completely mystified by what makes an economy work and if you don't know how an economy works, how are you going to invest? Anyways, there's two uh, podcasts. One's called Planet Money, and the other one is Free Economics Radio. And they take subjects like how does oil get from the ground to the Your, gas station? Okay. You know, simple stuff. They'll talk about. The underlying mechanics of how the economy works. Those are two very, very good uh, newsletter or podcasts. They're usually between ten and fifteen minutes. They're easy to listen to. You can play them on the car on your way to work.
0: Planet uh, Money and and Freakonomics Radio. You have a, cover, a couple other ones here. Motley Fool
1: Money. Yeah, Motley Fool Money. These guys put out a newsletter, but every week they have a podcast that. Essentially, they look at what's happened in the markets during the past week. And usually, the show revolves around earnings. So if a company comes out with its earnings, especially some of the growth companies in the U.S., uh, these guys will, will have a discussion about the earnings and what does it mean for the company and its future growth. So especially if you like U.S. growth companies, Motley Fool Money is a great podcast to listen to. Masters in
0: Business, Barry Ritholtz.
1: Barry Ritholtz is a Bloomberg... Uh, editor and um, writer and he also manages money And he's been doing Masters in Business now. I think he's done two or 300 podcasts. So he's been around for a long time. But he takes some of the best portfolio managers, some of the, he's interviewed people like the the, the woman who ran Pepsi, gets inside some of the top CEOs and some of the top money managers and talks about how they think and how they look at the economy. Uh, That is a very good one to listen to if you want to get an overview of some of the best minds in the industry and what they're thinking. Okay, final one, Macro Voices, Eric Townsend. Macro Voices, this is for the very, very sophisticated investor. It talks about options and futures, and it has some of the brightest minds from people that worked on the Federal Reserve to some of the best hedge fund managers in the United States. it's technical stuff, but frankly, it's unfiltered. If you are sophisticated, this is the one that you should... Be listening to, especially they have an oil and gas commentator, comment, commentator, commentator, commentator. Yeah, they have a commentator every uh, every every uh, usually every week, and it gives you some massive insights on the oil and gas industry, on inventories, and all kinds of things. So, if you're a little more technically oriented, uh, that's a good listen.
0: Okay, there you go. Some stocking stuffers for all of those that are near and dear to you, or friends, and somebody that's got questions about investing. You might be able to steer some of these recommendations their way, and clear up some of the mud for them. If you have a question for us, don't forget you can reach us through the cfcw.com website or visit our website money.ca. If you have a question, it'll come right to our inbox and we will address it in future episodes. On behalf of the financial coach Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any issues sustained from acting on this information.